0: It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to pod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Pod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona.
1: Time for the Three Point Podcast, episode 170. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5. On the phone is ESPN's Matt Burns and Jared Fattel of Valley Sports Detroit joining me here in the studio. Our starting lineup includes Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Owasso Speedway, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5, the castle, are recording home. Uh, real quick, out of the gate, I just want to make a mention. I usually talk about it at the end of the program, but uh, ALS is a, a big-time charity close to my heart, as my good buddy Chris McMillan passed away from it. But uh, it's Lou Gehrig Day today. We're recording on June 2nd in Major League Baseball. Kudos to MLB. It's about time, and it's just the whole point is to give everybody awareness on that uh, terrible disease and, of course, It's always uh, reminiscent of Lou Gehrig and that famous speech he had at Yankee Stadium. All right, I got that on the table. But, uh, guys, as we always do, let's uh, start the program off with a little catch-up time.
2: Well, you did the most, uh, I mean the coolest thing of any of us I would guess for Memorial Day weekend where you're in Washington DC. Well you've been, you've been there before but it's my was second it... annual trip on Memorial Day. Oh, weekend. okay. Yeah. So is it is it much different there? Like is there a different vibe around there, uh, for Memorial Day weekend than say when you've gone there oh. in the past for oh. Christmas or whatever?
1: Well by far. And also we should put in perspective here too. You know, we we've talked about it here on this podcast before, you know, what's going on in the world with COVID. I mean last year when we were out at D C it was kinda like a ghost town, you know? I mean <laughs> everybody was still dealing with COVID in May. Obviously the streets were not crowded at all. You know, there was not crowds at the monuments. The Smithsonian's were shut down this time. Everything was wide open. I mean, it was it was a madhouse. We wanted to have a cookout on Memorial Day. Probably should have did a little bit more pre-planning, <laughs> but uh, you know we were trying to find a park with grills, and you know the whole river front riverfront was just packed with people. The weather was ideal, but you do get a you do get a special feeling when you go to DC for a holiday like Memorial Day. I mean, you, you know you, you realize and you remember what the day is all about and, and one cool thing they do out there every year the veterans uh, they have this motorcade of motorcycles i think they call it rolling thunder and uh, it's it's to uh, help the families that have lost lost uh, you know members in the military to wars and it's just a sight to see with all these former military guys on their harleys and their hogs you know riding through dc and the surrounding areas very cool spectacle
3: yeah, DC is always cool. It's just a cool town, and then but obviously all the history and the monuments and everything. But there's like those few days a year that make it like extra special. You know, Fourth of July, Memorial Day, and and some of the other ones. So it would definitely be cool to be there on, on Memorial Day and to see all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And and you know, Jared, you're always saying I don't I don't do special things with the kids. Hey, I bought Harper an ice cream cone. How about that?
2: <laughs> that's not special <laughs> at all. That's like that's just a given that you do that. Um, <laughs> Here's a here's a genuine question I have. How, did you when you were growing up and you know now that you're up there in age or whatever, uh-huh. you've been here your whole life. Did you ever when you go to these big cities, you go on all these road trips, did you how you never just had the idea of leaving? You never wanted the, the city life. Uh,
1: that's a good question. I mean I, I did when I was younger, when I was your age, you know, yeah. but then you know I kind of I won't say I pinned myself into a corner, but you know, I had some opportunities i went through a divorce as you know and i had some opportunities but my daughter was you know a couple years old and i just couldn't see myself leaving at that point you know there was there was a a couple opportunities including one in particular out in seattle at a big fifty thousand watt radio station that had an opportunity but you know i just couldn't do it i couldn't i couldn't leave the family you know hey it it is what it is happy doing this
3: there was that i was going to say that seattle story there's a botched Magic Johnson interview
1: around that, right? Oh yeah, that's uh, the one time in my life I had clinical depression after we had a line. We had a, a nationwide broadcast lined up with me and Frank Beckman. I won't go into all the details, but it was it was going to be broadcast nationwide. It was going to be Magic's first uh, press, you know, junket after announcing he had HIV, and it all fell apart at the last minute. So it, it was definitely depression setting
3: in. <laughs> I mean, easy. it's you know, you always. You look back, and, you know, things work out the way they're supposed to, That's right? right. You're, a- absolutely. Now, if you would have went out there, you wouldn't have been, like, the voice of mid-Michigan on a high school, you know, for high school sports.
2: And, you know, who knows if this podcast would have happened. So Exactly. 50,000-watt exactly. radio station uh, versus, yeah.
1: You know, I, and I've had people ask me before, hey, have you ever thought about what would have happened if you would have moved on and, and went to the career full-time and not do high school sports? And, I, you know, I, I think about it a little bit, and I think, well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with doing high school sports. It's kind of become my niche, oh. you know, and, and, heck, I've been doing it long enough. I love it. So yeah. it, it's cool. I'm cool with it. I will ask you guys a question, though. It's Memorial Day and uh, military-related. Do you know what the PT-109 is? Any idea idea. at all? No. All right, good. You didn't have a chance to Google it. John F. Kennedy was a World War II lieutenant in the Navy, and the PT-109 was the the military boat that he was the commander of. And uh, it got slammed by a Japanese destroyer, cut right in half, And Kennedy, he basically held his crew together. He lost two members of the crew, but the rest of them, they made their way to an island. They were stranded there for, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks, and finally were able to get out of there because he carved a message on a coconut and gave it to a couple natives that had cruised by in their canoe. So the PT-109, the reason I brought it up is... You know, I'm not going to get away completely from television when I'm on the road, right, Yeah. on vacation. So I happened to flip on MeTV, which is about one of the only channels they had, and, and the PT-109 movie was on there, so I watched it. So it was it was very cool. It was a little dated. It was made in 1963. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it was colored. Maybe you
2: didn't have the, the best weekend of all of us. Good God. Um, one thing I will say is, like, the thing that cracks me up about just following Matt on social media is it seems like, he's at, like, a new beach or a new, yes. uh, like, am I, am I, do you agree? It seems like you're at, like, a new beach or something awesome, like, every other day. Yeah,
1: he's I, treating his daughter to much more than just an ice cream cone, yeah. I'll tell you that
2: much.
3: <laughs> I mean, we, you know, th- we try to, it's it's hot. It, it's hot outside, and we try to get to the water, and that, you know, when when you have kids. Oh, yeah. You want to do stuff to, like, get their energy out. So, we, <laughs> you know, we, we want to keep her active and keep her doing things so she's not, you know, just like a ball of energy, wanting to you know run around the, the house and go crazy and try and do do some stuff. But we fit that in between. I mean, I, I was pretty busy this weekend at work with with the NBA playoffs mm-hmm. and MLB and uh, SEC baseball, like college baseball and softball, are coming down to the wire. The the World Series and stuff for college baseball and softball. So it was a busy weekend at work for me. Leading up to, I know I told you guys off air coming back to Michigan this weekend to do some golfing. I know we're gonna talk about golfing a little bit, but. It was, it was nice to be busy over Memorial Day weekend working because I was looking forward to – I'm, like, already yeah. in vacation mode. I was <laughs> looking forward to this golf trip I got coming up. So, but yeah, looking forward to
2: it. Yeah, you're going uh, to Boyne. And I will say this. We never did, like, actually talk about this, I guess, but your whole baseball swing excuse that you asked Trent <laughs> about, I'm just going to be the first one to tell you that that's a bullshit excuse. So, please don't use that this weekend on your trip. Well,
3: explain further. I, I'm sticking to it. And even – I. I was kind of curious, like, when I listened back to the podcast uh, with Trent Courtright and I threw that out there, he was he was kind of, like, nice about it. He wasn't as nice as – or he wasn't as, like, blunt as you just were. <laughs> and you could tell he was like, yeah, that's uh, – it's an okay excuse. A lot of golfers played baseball. You know, he was trying to, like, get around yeah. saying what you just said. But, I like, when I – you know, everyone nowadays, you take – you do the slow-mo videos of your swing or, you know, you have your buddy, like – record your swing or something like that so the, the few times that I've done that the recent times I've played like it literally to me like when I when I come back on my golf swing it looks like I'm I'm about to like hit a baseball so I've, I've tried to like I've been going to the range and like trying to like think about that and really what it comes down to is I don't play enough to like fix it yeah so I'm just gonna do what I've always done and see what happens <laughs>
2: Make
1: your adjustments on
2: the. I fly. think we need a we need a video uh, for the three point podcast page of your swing of one
3: of your shots. I think at least. Can, uh, yeah, can you do that? <laughs> Seriously, yeah, no, you want to see it? I'll gladly I'd love to do see it <laughs> because I've got some from last summer that are actually like pretty funny. And I'm not trying to say like I'm funny, but like literally, you watch it and it's like I'm hitting a line drive to right field because my ball immediately shoots. <laughs> 100 yards to the right yeah oh so, yeah i'll gladly do that i don't care i'm not a pro i don't care
2: well i hope you don't run into the same problem that i've been running into lately and just golfers all across the entire country have been running into which is I, we talked about it a ton on this podcast but it basically wraps up and some eyes as my entire weekend so it was a golf weekend for me i'll just start with what initially set me off on the weekend well hold uh, it a minute do we want to
1: tease that, or do you want to get into it right now?
2: I'll just tell this first story, and then we can, okay. we can, Sounds you can good. This will tease the rest. So it started on Sunday, and I was playing out in uh, Fenton at Fenton Farms, pretty nice course, um, set a tea time and everything. So this isn't like just some walk-on, you know, it's like 50 bucks to play, so it's not just a bunch of idiots playing either. I was playing absolutely horrible. We don't need to get into the details of that, but it was to the point where I come through hole nine. I'm heading to hole 10 tee-off, and I'm already in just like a piss-poor mood. And wouldn't you know I turn the corner, and there is, I kid you not, tw- uh, 12 people, six carts, oh. four people on the green, uh, four people about ready to tee-off on the par three, and then four people waiting behind them, and then us, another uh, our group of four behind that group. Oh, jeez. And I just said, you know what? I'm not even going to ask for a refund. I'm not even going to say anything to anyone. I'm just <laughs> literally taking my clubs, and I'm leaving. And that's what I did. And the thing that's crazy is that is what every single round of golf is like. So Matt is going to be playing these nice courses this weekend, and I already know we need the update yes. when it happens. I guarantee it's somewhere between you're going to start the first few holes, like you're going to act like there's no one in front of you. You're not, you're going to have not to wait at all. And then hole like five or six, right when you're in the middle of no man's land, you're going to turn the corner and there's going to be a big old Logjam waiting for you on the tee, so I can't wait for that. But that's a tease heading into what that, we're going to talk about. That's a good tease,
1: you know. We'll we'll get into some uh, golf etiquette and some other things in the world of golf before we wrap up this section. Though I know we had a lot of traction on on our uh, social media, and since Matt is, as we say here in Michigan, going up north, boy, there was a lot of debate <laughs> on where up north in Michigan starts, wasn't there?
3: Yeah, that that post. I don't know when when last week, last Monday or Tuesday, it blew up. I put that on our Facebook page about where up north is defined, I guess, in Michigan. Because like you said, everyone always says, like, I'm going up north. But, like, where is that for you? Is it Mount Pleasant? Is it all the way up to, like, Traverse City? Do you have to be in the UP? Because what, what started was I saw someone on Twitter, uh, Luke Giardi, who has he, he's been on our podcast for the, for the uh, Prep Pigskin Game Preview show. He's up there in the UP, and he tweeted out that the UP is the only place that should be considered up north. The only way you're up north is when you cross the bridge and you get to the UP. And I was like, I don't know. I was growing up around Flint, you know, kind of on the lower side of the lower peninsula. That seems kind of crazy to get all the way up to the UP. That's a bit of a hike. You know, you get to me. It's like as I always think of there's that in uh, Claire. There's that uh, rest area in the middle of the highway. That feels like yeah. when I'm up north, even like the Mount Pleasant area, that feels like I'm up north.
1: Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. The Claire Rust area is a good example. I was going to say, my opinion. It's Claire. Somewhere between Claire and Harrison, which is, yeah. you know, about that rest area.
2: Yeah. I I, I was actually going to say this before you even said that, Matt, is the J sporting goods, huge, like basically Cabela's in Claire, that's what I would consider the the mark for what is up north. Mount Pleasant, I don't think so. I'd still, no. But anything above that, and here's what I'll say to the uh, Luke Girardi, talking about the Upper Peninsula, I bet you 50% of the Lower Peninsula Michiganders never have ever been to the Upper Peninsula. It's crazy to think, but I can get to Nashville quicker than I can get to the <laughs> upper peninsula. Like, it's all it's all I almost don't even like consider it a part of Michigan. It's crazy. So anything above Clare is up north. You and know, I I say I up think- north like for everything. I I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't view it as a just a one specific like oh here's where the spot you got to go to consider up north. I'll be uh, in Detroit and I'll say up north just about like mid Michigan. Lake Manito, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think, it, I think it's all relative to, like, you know, where you are because, like, if you're on the west side of the state, like when I used to live in Grand Rapids and I would go up to Ludington to my parents' place, it felt like Grand Rapids, you know, definitely not necessarily up north. But, like, once I got to, like, Muskegon and then started getting a little north of Muskegon, I felt like I was up north, you know. But, like, I, then I saw some other people, like, on Twitter because it, it blew up all over. Oh, yeah. And Facebook saying, like, well, like I said it's all relative up north to you it could be your backyard sitting at a bonfire with a nice cold drink you know like it, up north is like a mindset you're going up north you're going on vacation who cares where it is the up though I, that it just blew my mind like you said Jared I was like that that's a hike <laughs> you you can be up north well below the up yeah
1: oh yeah i mean i mean and you're probably right, Jared. Not everybody has made the journey to the UP. Most Michiganders, I think, have, but they don't go up there on a regular basis. I mean, I did a specific trip to go up there and kind of check things yeah, out. It's, you know, did the, the did the Pictured Rocks cruise and saw the the museum where the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald was. It's kind of it's a really a, it's a great part of the country, especially if you go up there at the right time of year. Unfortunately, there's only about a month that's a, the right yeah. time of year.
2: I'm not gonna lie; it's probably number one on my vacation spots right now. Is where I, the place I want to go, you know, this summer or when? And like yeah. you said, it's got to be during the summer. I wouldn't. I will never. I mark my words. I will never <laughs> ever step foot there if there's snow on the ground. That it sounds like hell on earth, literally. So, but I am yeah. circling like you said. The picture pictured rocks. It looks awesome. It is. I'm proud that it's a part of Michigan. And but I, it's just, that is not the singular term for up north. It's not the UP. No, we
1: all in agreement
2: on that. <laughs>
3: Yeah. It's, it's another part of the country and it's another thing, you know, we're proud Michiganders. Like I've told so many people, whether it was in Connecticut or down here in North Carolina, like when we start talking about vacations or, you know, what are you doing for vacation? Where do you want to go? Stuff like that. And like when I hear friends or coworkers say like, you know, we're looking to go camping or, you know, like we're looking to go somewhere to like get away, to be away from things. I always say go to the UP in Michigan because everything you guys are saying, it's beautiful. There's all these state parks and national parks and, and stuff like that and you can you can get away. If you want to get away, go to the UP and you will be away and people are like blown away. They're like I would never even think about going to the UP. I've never even, you know, thought about that. So, but yeah, it's kind of a shame in that sense, but like yeah. you said, Jared, you're proud to see that stuff when you see the Picture Rocks or some of the other things.
1: Oh, absolutely. To Quamanon Falls and shame. just and just crossing the Mackinac Bridge. I mean, that's a that that's a scary thing in itself. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. I always have white knuckles when I drive across I've never across done that, that, but it sounds terrifying. Oh, it is terrifying. I always drive in the middle. You know, they have two lanes going each way. I always hug the middle. I don't go near that
2: <laughs> side, <laughs> side rail. Yeah.
1: Just a little phobia.
3: Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up I've this. i walked. You walked it. The uh, Mackinac Yeah.
1: Okay. That's
3: uh, speaking of Memorial Day, they always do that walk on Memorial Day.
1: Uh, Labor Day, I believe. It's Labor Day, I think. Yeah, you're
3: right. Yep. Yep, that is Labor Day. How long yeah, is it? I've, I've done that, I think, once or twice walking across
2: it i think it's two and a half miles i think oh okay that's yeah, a long span for some reason i thought it was like you were on this bridge for like 30 to 45 minutes i thought like in a car but I'll, i'm apparently oh I no, was wrong. no.
1: A car you can you can cruise you across could, a car in a about minutes. six minutes seven oh okay minutes, something like that uh before we wrap up this segment jared you're probably our resident gambler but this isn't really gambling but do you ever do you ever just get into random polls you know like i got in one for the indy 500 it's just the first 33 entries random draw well on top of my nice trip out to dc i want 100 bucks wow so i got second place i had the second place driver who just got nudged out in the last couple of of laps or i would have is won this the like whole an pot. office
2: pool or what is yeah
1: this? it's it, well it's an office pool with one of our rep groups you know and oh. it, i it just randomly came on my email and i said oh, what the heck 10 bucks i'll throw it in and hey 100 bucks back so i was feeling pretty good That paid for a couple ice cream cones. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's enough of our catch-up, fellas. Let's uh, get into golf, specifically some details, some etiquette. We'll get Jared to start it off right after this. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989 725 2979. Stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso and follow them on Facebook at Hanker.Sportswear. Advanced Elevator Company are experts in the elevator business. They have the very best trained professional field technicians in project management for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family, longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools, Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years' experience in origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the very end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com.
2: Okay, so this all started from me simply tweeting out, what I saw on my Snap Story uh, for the old geezers like Ted. Yeah, I, I don't watch Snapchat. It's so. temporary pictures I or know videos what it they is. send to each other. Yeah. So it was on somebody's story. And it was a video of this kid. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name drop him or anything, but he's a kid I know. He's my age. He goes to a w- or he went to a wasp or whatever. Um, and it's him taking a swing on top of a, a golf cart of a golf ball. And you wait, know, wait! North,
1: he was on top of he the he was golf? on top
2: of the golf cart hitting a like with you know people are laughing like dude like he's recording it and I the way I like to picture it of how this situation happened was he went dude check this out I'm about to jump on this golf cart and hit a shot off of it make sure you have your cell phone ready for this and basically it a lot of people i realized that i was maybe in the minority for this opinion that i said all right this does not belong on the golf course if you want to be an idiot you can be an idiot anywhere you don't have to ruin everybody else's you know saturday a lot of people golf is like their place of you know to kind of relax or get away and generally you're spending 50 50 plus dollars every time you go golfing if you're playing 18 holes so I have a problem when I see things like that, especially with what we just talked about a little bit ago, the fact that every single time I've played golf this summer, other than one singular time, I've had to wait for a long time. And nine holes has taken me three hours. 18 holes has taken me right around uh, six hours, which normally would be at most like a five-hour round, would almost be pushing it for a long round of 18 holes. You're supposed to be able to get both nine holes done in two hours apiece. So think of how much two extra hours we are out there just waiting. Uh, And so it just kind of started the debate on social media, you know, where is the line drawn? Sure, I like to – I'm a kid, or I was a kid. I've done my fair share of fooling around on a golf course. (laughs) But the the topic was brought up, like, where do we draw the line? At what point is it a little too much where you probably should be getting kicked off the course right now? And I don't know if – and one singular person that was calling me out was uh, MJ Miles, one of my friends – and i told him this is what i told him i said if it makes me an idiot or a quote unquote a boomer as he called me because <laughs> i won't i don't think it's funny jumping on top of a golf car and swinging just for like a couple laughs on snapchat then so be it i guess maybe the game of golf has passed me by as two guys like you who are basically outsiders to this sport am i coming across as like the you know old geezer in Caddyshack like or what am I I don't know
1: well, I won't really make a big comment I'll just say yeah I agree with you and it's a a very mature outlook and you know it's silly it's just ridiculous that that is a that's that's a popular thing to hop on a golf cart I, and get off the top yeah it's funny haha <laughs> but it doesn't belong in golf and I know Matt we had we had some responses in fact from your buddy you're going to go up north golfing with John Strine and we can't get into the whole. Uh, litany that he wrote out, which was very, very well written. Maybe he'll let us share it on our site, but uh, maybe get into that a little bit.
3: Yeah, so I mean we, so after like Jared kind of teed up, uh, teed up, pun intended, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, we posted it on Facebook and our Twitter page just to see, you know, if, if people would, some thoughts They're like, yeah, is Jared crazy for thinking this way or should you just be more laid back and have fun? And we got quite a bit of feedback and as you mentioned, John, that uh, he is an avid golfer has been his whole life. His, and him and his dad used to golf all the time. He has kept it up. And him and his wife golf all the time. So he is the like spends hundreds of hours on the golf course in the summer. And like also really appreciates like the gentleman side, like the golf etiquette side of golf. You know, you know so if you go to our Facebook page at Three Point Pod, you can see his whole write up. The Cliff Notes version is basically everything. Kind of Jared was saying that you know you should respect the game. Um, you know, you should think about pace of play people behind you. And he talked about like how, you know, everyone wants to maybe have a drink or two, you know, kind of relax a little bit on the golf course, but there's a, there's a sports bar. If you want to do that, you want to golf, go on a golf course and you know, you want to play golf. So yeah. I, and I think that that's like the very generic clip notes of what he said. He, he said it much better than what I just did, but I'm kind of with, with Jared that like, I, i I've said on the pod before, I'm a casual golfer. I've always understood like the, the golf etiquette side of things. Even when I started golfing in like sixth grade, I understood you're not supposed to be like hacking at the green or driving yeah. your cart across the tee box or, you know, screaming across the, the holes at your buddies. you know, doing Throwing all that like, ridiculous stuff. Yes. When we were all younger, we did stupid stuff. So like, we're not going to act like we were always perfect, but like, that's the thing. You, you spend money to go to a golf course. You want to like, enjoy your time and not get held up by a bunch of idiots who are just clowning around. So, so yeah, there's a line. And I think, you know, yes, you want to have fun, but there's a line to cross where you're you're ruining the day. Jared, you're talking about, like, you've walked off courses a bunch of times now because you can't even, like, get your round in. So there's definitely a line that you can cross.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing is I feel almost like a hypocrite because, I mean, there's probably people listening to this who have, like, I've never been the guy that's, like, whooping clubs or anything like that, but I've, I've I've seen a lot of them in my day. Um, and I, 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 and I'd be lying if I wouldn't say, I think it was hilarious. Like if somebody, you know, misses a pot or something that whips their putter across the course, like I, I understand, like, so I'm kind of like being a little bit backhanded, I guess, because I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I feel like one, it doesn't really hurt anything on the course two It's a funny little outburst. It's not like you're doing a whole big thing where you're jumping on the golf cart, doing this or that, or like doing donuts in a golf cart. You threw your club. All right. It's not that it's kind of, everyone's been there. Everyone's been irritated enough mm-hmm. to do something like that. I don't have a problem with that. But the thing is just, I, I'm maybe I'm just overanalyzing everything under a, a microglass because, I, like we said, it, it's taking so damn long to golf these last two years that it's like it's just every time I see this, it's like I'm the Antichrist, like trying to shut it down. I, I, I want to be the, I don't want to be the guy that's no fun, but at some point when. This wasn't a problem before, I had no problem with this. Like golf courses needed the people. Now we have no like shortage of people on the golf course. So if you're one of these people that are just being a complete idiot on the course where you don't really care about golf, you're just doing it to have some beers and have some laughs and take a few snaps of you doing some dumb stuff, then I don't think you should be on the course. And maybe that makes me an old man. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, here let's break it down a little bit because we talked a little bit off air. You know, first of all, let's solve the problem. How do, how do you solve the problem that you're seeing? It's been two years. Obviously, the popularity of golf has exploded. never been higher. Yeah, right?
2: I just saw—I mean—a TaylorMade statistic a, a couple of weeks ago. Where there's millions of new golfers that just played golf for the first time in the last two years, like since 2020, like three million or something like that in America. Like that's just crazy. There's that many new golfers. I don't—I don't have a problem with the new golfers. I think the problem lies actually with the actual courses because they are just cramped. Like it's eight minutes up apart from tee times. It's like how is that even enough time? Everyone I, I don't know if I've ever been to a, a tea time that I've been on time for. Like that's just people in general. You got four people you're counting on, everyone's gotta be there on time. You gotta be hitting your shot like within eight minutes of each other. So if one group is like, you know, four minutes behind, then the next group slows is everybody it slows, down. so courses are over they're getting a little bit greedy and they're right. over stocking these courses now that they can because there's this this, this whole new influx of golfers. And, and it's I, horrible.
1: And I think also in Michigan, the, at one time we had peaked out with maybe the most golf courses per capita of any state in the United States at one time. But I know uh, because of economic times, COVID, whatever, I think the uh, number of golf courses in the state of Michigan has probably gone down, yeah. and that's also helping to create the problem. You, know, you can't blame a golf course for wanting to make money, but there is a fine line between cramming in 8-minute tee times to 10- <laughs> or 12-minute tee times. I don't know.
3: Well, yeah, it's, it's the same. You know, People always complain about a, a doctor's office when it gets backed up or a dentist's office. And, you know, my, my wife works in healthcare, so sometimes I hear I hear that side of it. When the patient shows up late, late that's just a domino effect that now everyone's going to be late because yeah. one person showed up late. So that's kind of what you're talking about, Jared, with people who show up late to their tee time. But then on the other side, it is the golf courses, kind of like if a doctor's office tried to, like, jam in so many mm-hmm. uh, patients in, in appointments. Golf courses, that you know, maybe they struggled for the last couple of years. They're trying to make some money, too, like you said, Ted. So I, I do think, too, that some courses overbook the tee times because, you know, whether you're driving or walking, it does take time. It's a slow game, and especially if you're playing with people who are kind of more on the beginner side or, you know, maybe kind of like where I'm at, it's going to take a little longer. So, I, you know, what's the solution? You kind of said that, like spacing out tee times would probably help, but then that's less money that the golf course is making, so they don't necessarily want to do that. But I think it comes down to a lot of the new golfers, Either a don't care, you know, they're just out there to, like hit the ball around, or like you, you don't. There's a lot of people who don't understand the like golf etiquette side of things, and it's not trying to act like elitist or like, you know, we're we're on the like good side. We we understand these things. But I will say, when I worked that summer, I know I've talked about it before. When I worked that when I worked that summer at Chippewa Hills back the course back home that's that's now not there. Yeah, it kind of gave me a different perspective on this stuff because before I did that. I, you know, like I said, I, I took the golf stuff seriously, but I wasn't like on the side of being the greenskeeper or knowing the owners. And when I would have to clean up after people, or when a tee box would get chunked up because somebody was like slamming his club, or someone did drive their car too close to the green and we're having to fix it, that gave me a whole different perspective yeah. on like this costs money for for the owners. Like this costs us time having to fix this stuff just because you were like drunk or you were pissed off because. You hit a bad drive or something like that. So, so there's that whole side to it too. But you know, like you, you don't want to, Like you said, Jared, you don't want to be the like, you know, the Debbie Downer type of thing. You don't want people to enjoy themselves. But it's not like you're just going to a park and playing pickup basketball. Golf is a little different than that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just simple rules like. I think John touched upon it. I've I've heard it before. You know, if you're what th- uh, three, strokes, or three strokes, three yeah. strokes over par, you pick up the ball. Move yeah, and on.
2: here is the one I actually am feeling like I'm kind of misrepresenting misrepre- that I'm. I, I was Coleman kind of scapegoating the new golfers. Uh, to be honest, the mo- majority of the problems I've run into this summer from slow players is the guys who act like it's they're getting ready for Augusta. Yeah. Like, and you see every time I, it's like clockwork. Every time I'm stuck behind a group like this, there's they have a two foot putt. And the whole group of them is standing around, like, watching it, like, this guy's about to win the U.S. Open. It, it, it's stuff like that that takes so damn long at the end of the day when you're playing. Here's the thing that is just, like, kind of, I thought, basic knowledge, but people don't do. So if you go to, like, a – it's like ready golf, which is essentially you go play your own ball. Whoever's ready first just hits, whereas, like, on the PJ Tour, it's whoever's furthest away right. always goes. Like, a lot of people play that, like, the PJ Tour way which is just so damn slow that it's just bothered me. A couple of the comments that we did get, one that I thought was kind of funny was actually from uh, Tracy Molnar, who is uh, oh, part yeah. owner of uh, the Corona Hills in, in Corona, obviously. Um, she said basically that if there's anyone messing around on the course, like they need to be kick, kicked off, which I just thought that was kind of funny coming from somebody that owns a course. And then another one that we got from Trent Courtright, who was uh, actually a guest on our show a couple weeks ago, who, um, caddied for the um pj championship he said totally depends on how busy the course is and how far you are behind the group in front of you half a hole perfect full hole you're pushing it so basically saying if you're if there's a whole entire hole gap between you and the group ahead of you you're playing way too slow two holes it's time to get off the course which i agree entirely with yeah Uh, if you're keeping if you're keeping pace with the group ahead of you then you're you're not the problem
3: that's kind of like to Trent's point right there and we keep kind of going back to john's comments so really if you're listening you should go to our facebook page and read what john said because it was really well laid out but kind of what you were talking about too jared the like ready golf or you know whatever you want to call it i think that's one thing that a lot of people don't get when you're on a when you're on a cart you think you're playing faster because you're on a cart but what people do is they drive to one person's ball sit there watch that one person hit then they drive over to the other ball, and that actually takes longer. So, like, a point that John made is, like, okay, drive to one ball, but the other player should grab their club and walk over to their ball so when one person hits, you're already ready to hit your ball. You know, obviously sometimes you got to drive around a little bit, but I think those are, like, small things that, like, people don't get that really, like, speed things up. And maybe maybe you just need to play more or something like that, or like you kind of said at the beginning of this, Jared, maybe it falls on the course. You know, if they have a Ranger, they need to be driving around and kind of enforcing some of these rules. But it is, it's a shame because, like, you're, you know, you, you really enjoy golf. You, you can, listeners can tell that you, you like to golf a lot. And you also, you sound pretty frustrated that multiple rounds this year, you've been, like, walking off the course because you can't finish. So, so there is, again, I've said a few, like, there's a line, like, you want people to have fun, but you don't want to ruin it for other people because even if, if you're playing, of course, that costs 40 bucks. Who cares? If, you know, you still spent your money to go do it. Or if you spent $150 to play around. Yeah. Like, the rules kind of apply wherever you're playing. Yeah,
1: and it's just, I, I played golf. I, I I have played golf. It's been a while. But it's nothing more frustrating than if you have to stand around every time you go to the tee, you know, and you're waiting for the people in front of you. It's just, It's you want to be able to just walk up and hit the ball. It's not always possible but it definitely makes it a lot more fun yeah
2: and I will say this to bring it kind of full circle is whenever you're playing terrible this the whole weight problem and it, it's it kind of funny it, it, it just it, it makes it like it's the worst place on earth there's nowhere <laughs> you'd rather not be than on that course at that time so that's right. one thing I will say is that maybe that's what finally boiled me over was how poorly I played plus the weight the entire time but I don't know hopefully it gets solved. Yeah,
3: You kind of you, – you read a, one comment. We did get a couple more I was going to read before, yeah. before kind of tying this off. On, on Facebook, Winona Butler, she said, anything taking longer than 12 to 14 minutes per hole is too much. Face of play is about the only thing that could ruin a round. But kind of like what we said, like you can be playing bad, but if you're playing bad and having to wait at every hole, you're about to walk off the course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one more, uh, Samantha Whitehead, she said, laugh and have fun, but keep moving. Or let the people behind you go ahead of you, just have respect for others. I think that's another thing too that people it's almost like a pride thing or something if you have to let someone play through. Like it's not that big of a deal, you know. Yeah. If if you're constantly having a group that's coming up on you and you know, maybe you're playing a little slower for whatever reason, let people play through. Like it's not that big of a deal and it's gonna keep everyone happier. And so I think that's another thing that people like maybe just don't think about. They get pissed because someone's like maybe hitting up on them, and you know they don't want to let them play through. Or it's like it's like road rage. Yeah. You know, if people are like trying to pass you on the highway or something, and you're like cutting them off because you don't want them to pass, just move along. Let people play through. Not that big of a deal. Let everyone get their round in.
1: So Jared, to uh, to wrap it up completely here, to uh, finish up your golf season. Here we are in June, June second. You know, you got the whole month of June, July, August, September. What are you going to do as far as trying to set up tee times, knowing that you've run into this? Is it is it shifts sometimes? Uh, I know you're, you've been golfing around eleven o'clock noon, yeah. which is probably prime time on the golf course on a weekend. What, what are, what's your strategy?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the thing that I could do to just avoid all these problems would be to just go be the first one off. You know, eight a.m. Yeah. or whatever, eight fifteen. You wouldn't run into these problems, but. Oh, Saturday morning. Last thing you want to do, you know, we're all college age kids. Yep. Last thing you want to do is be the one day or the two days of the week you get to sleep in. You're still up and at them at seven a.m. I well, don't
1: know. Well, are there are there courses that you know we've talked about the eight That's minute a, tea time? Are there no, courses
2: there,
1: that that
2: adhere to the rules better? The, there's no, like I said, there's no the some courses that don't have a tea time. They or they don't they don't require tea times. They are still having problems. Courses okay. that are nice courses that I've been to where I'm paying you know 50, 60, 70 bucks around. They still have huge problems. I don't. know. It's just everyone. Yeah. Everyone is just the the owners are laughing at the golfers uh, because they're just rolling in dough, and we're still going to pay it just because it's like I mean it's, it's like our obsession. We're yeah. not going to just stop golfing.
1: Nope. And not, and not many people are going to walk off like you did.
3: <laughs> right. And and the thing is too, like even courses that are usually even you know over hundred bucks or whatever, there's all those apps now that you can get all these like day of deals and stuff like that. So there might be those people who. Not, I'm not saying they like they belong on the cheaper courses. I'm not trying to say that, but maybe they're you know they don't play as fast as yeah. the people who usually play the more expensive courses. And well, now they're getting a good deal to go play those nicer courses, which they should be able to because it's really cool to play the really nice courses. But then they're just holding everyone up, and then the members are getting mad. And then it's just it's like it's a domino effect. So yeah. it's just golf is just one of those games. Like there are, I mean, I guess kind of like baseball. You know, I I. Kind of complain about the unwritten rules in baseball, but it, it's kind of that way with golf. There's like unwritten rules, things you should and shouldn't do. Obviously, you're out there to have a good time with your friends or you know whoever you're with, but you know it, there's just stuff that it there's stuff you shouldn't be doing on the course. And hitting a ball off a roof of a golf cart <laughs> it's probably one of those things you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think uh, three point podcast, Matt and Ted, we got Jared's back on this one. And anybody out there <laughs> listening, come on. Let's, uh, let's practice some decent etiquette on the golf course so everybody can have fun and, re- and treat the course with respect. How about that? All right, speaking of respect, boy, i got a big-time respect for what's going on in the NBA and basketball, some big stories. We'll get into that next. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesaning, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. J.J.'s Excavating and Tree Service can help you with many homeowner items, including skid steer work, footings, gravel work, and property maintenance. J.J.'s Excavating and Tree Service, they're also experts in tree removals, including stump grinding. Fully insured and no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of J.J.'s Excavating and Tree Service at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him Three Point Podcast sent you. The Owasso Speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939. Saturdays are race days at the Big O with gates opening at four, qualifying beginning at five and the waving of the green flag and racing at seven. The Owasso Speedway and it's super fast high bank three eighths of a mile oval layout has thrills and action galore. Easy to get to on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway MI. It's family fun and you'll always be welcomed by the smiling faces at Owasso Speedway. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. All right, guys, I mean... Geez, just as we record this, there's been huge news. Let's start with uh, the big elephant in the room. I mean, Coach K announces his retirement after the season. John Beeline signs with the Pistons as as a special front office guy. Brad Stevens out as coach of the Celtics. Danny Ainge moving on. I mean, rumors are flying. Is Juwan Howard on the list? I mean, let's start there with the coach's carousel.
3: Yeah. I mean, are we really about to have to deal with this the whole time that Jawan Howard is You've at Michigan? <laughs> Same thing we deal with all the time with Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's not as as hot with, with Harbaugh as it used to be. Right. But we're already dealing with every NBA vacancy that comes up. People are going to be saying it's going to be Jawan Howard. You know, it's just it's just kind of annoying. My opinion. I don't think Jawan's going anywhere anytime soon. Nope. You know, he's got his kids. he's, he's got one son on the team. His other son maybe coming to Michigan. Who knows? Like, it seems like, and just how much he loves Michigan. He, he wants to, like, do more than just coach there for two seasons. So, that whole John Howard thing, you know, I don't, I don't buy into that at all. But the Brad Stevens thing, like, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's like Cliff Kingsbury, you know, going from Texas Tech to the NFL. Like, how can – it's just crazy sometimes to think, like, a guy can, like, fail and get a promotion. Hmm. Like, Brad Stevens, for the most part, as head coach of the Celtics, hasn't panned out and now he's getting a full-time role in the front office, essentially a promotion. You know, maybe some guys are maybe built more to be in the front office than a head coach, but, just you know, sometimes when you look at that, it's just kind of like kind of strange. You keep getting knocked out in the first round, and you get a promotion to the front office.
1: So you look you look at That's, Brad Stevens' car- career in Boston as a fail?
3: And he didn't win any titles, did he?
2: No, he didn't win Here, any titles.
3: Here's what's kind of crazy is I,
2: I wouldn't say that Danny Ainge failed either or Brad Stevens failed. It just was a lot of unlucky things. I mean, Kyrie Irving, who could have saw that coming, we're basically he was going to blow up the entire franchise on right. his way out. Because Danny Ainge made so many right moves, to even get them in that position, uh, and I think if both these guys, like let's say that Stevens would have got fired, like there would have been a million people waiting to hire him as their next head coach. I feel like the same thing is going to happen with Ainge uh, if he decides he wants to keep being a GM. Like who would not hire this guy? The one thing that is kind of funny about Brad Stevens is remember like when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in like 2016 they lost Cavaliers and it's like the whole offseason everyone was like who would you rather have like Brad Stevens or uh, Anthony Davis for the next like 10 years for your team <laughs> or, or, or it was Brad Stevens versus this player Brad Stevens versus and I still think he is a really good coach but the thing that a lot of people were saying I think Bill Simmons said this was that just at some point he's had the same like the same players and the same front office and the same coach what he's telling these guys is probably just become a white noise at some point. You just need a new vision, a new guy in there. We're maybe seeing that with Jim Harbaugh, where it's just like maybe the whole like shine of him is kind of like rubbed off, and the players just don't respond the same way that they would have uh, six, seven years ago. I don't know. It's just it's crazy that Brad Steven is now out of coaching because he seemed like he's like one of the best coaches in the NBA, one of the best coaches in the world.
1: Yeah, and it, it did catch me surprised that the move was to go in front office, but actually, really looking at it 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 was probably a great move, you know. I mean, he's going to make still a bunch of coin. He's not going to have the day-to-day pressure yeah. that a head coach has. And, you know, I mean, it might end up being a great move all around.
3: Yeah, and they've, they've got some good young players in Tatum and Brown. I've got a veteran in Kemba Walker. They've got a ton of draft picks from a bunch of their trades and stuff like that. So so they are, in theory, set up to be pretty good for the next few years. But it's just, it's just like sometimes, I mean, obviously I love sports, but – Sometimes it's like a head scratcher when you see a coach essentially fail. You know, they get yeah. fired or they get let go, and then but then they still like get a promotion or they get another job. It's just what other like what other industry can you literally get fired from your job or let go for not not cutting it, and then you just get a promotion. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, that'd be, there's no probably no pro sport other than the NBA really. That's the top one for the whole coaching carousel thing. You know, one coach goes out. He finds a job somewhere else, you know. I'm, I'm watching Philadelphia. There's Doc Rivers, you know, yeah. coaching him up.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. It, I'm glad that he's not, you know, it's like totally stepping away from the game. I'm glad that we're still going to be hearing about Brad Stevens because he is just like his whole demeanor is just interesting to me. Oh, mm-hmm. he just he seems like a nerd, but it's crazy because he's he's like kind of like an alpha at the same time. Like just it's just a weird mix that I love to watch from the sidelines. But what about Coach K? Where do you, where do you guys rank him? And your college basketball coaches, or just basketball coaches in general hierarchy, is, is he number one? He's hes
1: right there in the conversation, without a doubt. I know I saw i saw some things on Twitter, and the initial thought, I i think it was Jay Billis, I think, said by far he was number one. And the first thought I had was John Wooden. Of course, us old geezers do stick together. But, you know, there were some points made by some of the other people that tweeted that, you know, what Coach K has done in this era, yeah. it's pretty tough to, to match that, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and then if, if you include, I know you, you, you said college basketball, but if you include what he did with USA basketball, I right. mean, that just adds to his resume. He, he's got to be up there, and if he's not number one, he's probably number two, you know, so it's not like not like he's any farther down the list than that. But, you know, I, I just wonder if, like, so Roy Williams hung him up, you know, UNC's former coach uh, a couple months ago or whatever. You almost wonder if, like, Coach K kind of saw that, and he did say, like, the whole name image likeness thing and the transfer portal and kind of some of the things that are now starting to really become the trend or just the way things are in college sports. Uh, Coach K said he wasn't really a fan of it. So you got to think that stuff. He is getting a little older. It's got to be getting old, like doing the recruiting and dealing with just like college sports in general on a daily basis. So, you know, it, it maybe was a little bit of a surprise, but it just made me wonder, You know, Tom Izzo is not far behind as far as age. Like, some of these legends are starting to step away. Roy Williams, Coach K, you know, eventually Tom Izzo is going to. It's just kind of crazy to see these legends stepping away.
1: Well, you know, I mean, you know, we talked about my impending retirement right around the corner. I mean, it's not on any level of of the stress that these guys go through, but it is a day-to-day grind. And when you do get to be, you know, mid-60s or beyond – you know do you really need that grind anymore that's why people retire
2: yeah i i get it i did what you guys said i i agree with it the one uh the one thing you mentioned and i'll throw this out there is the usa basketball thing has always been the like most impressive thing to me because if you remember too i mean it, clearly it wasn't like an impossible job to kind of turn it around but 2004 we were in like a dark place after that olympics where we didn't even win the gold and it was right. just embarrassing the whole it was just a Totally, just crazy, and it's. I love it how they went to him and they said, even though you're a college coach, you know this or that, you're gonna be the one that's gonna coach all the like the best players in the world. And then he just assembled a great staff. You know, Beheim, all these other guys that were on the staff with him there. I think that's the coolest thing to me is that of anyone of all the college basketball coaches, Popovich, uh, you know, Pat Riley, all these other guys they could have picked. They said you're the one for us, and I just think that, I mean, what else do you have to say about the guy?
1: Yeah, he's a legend. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Whether you love him or don't, he's a legend, and like you said, Matt, one of the top two for sure without question. And it, it is, does bring up a good question, Mark, that you, that you brought up about Coach Izzo. W- what, do you, what do you guys think? Do you think he's going to hang around for maybe just a couple more years, or what's your
3: thought? I mean, I honestly, I, I bet, obviously we have no idea, but my guess is, that second national championship has got to be like the, like the last thing he wants. He's won so many Big Ten titles, Big Ten tournament. He's made 100 Sweet 16s, 100 Final Fours, all that stuff, whatever. Who cares? But the thing that would like really put him up there with Coach K, with Roy Williams, maybe not necessarily with John Wooden, but, you know, up there with those guys would be that second national championship because that's kind of mm-hmm. – I mean, we kind of jokingly, but, you know, we kind of give him a knock for that, that his one national title – 21 years ago and while he's still like a legend hall of famer all those things if he could get that second national title i feel like that would there would be no question about his place in the history of college basketball so how long that'll take you know i don't know if they win one this year maybe he hangs it up yeah i don't know i feel like that's what he's looking for
2: to be honest i don't and i don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon he's 66 years old uh, to be honest, he seems like he's, like, 60. I just He's a young soul, whereas Krzyzewski, is, it seems like Krzyzewski's been, like, 80 years old for the last 20 years. He's not even 80. I just looked, he's 74. So he's only eight years older than Izzo. Oh. I think you at least got Izzo for six years. I think Izzo's staying around for at least six more years. 72, I think that's the number.
1: Yeah, he'll stay around as long as he wants to, and that, that sounds reasonable, Jared, for sure. You know, now also, before we wrap up the basketball segment here, you know, as we here are here on June second, and there's been some great games going on. I think the the series you guys are probably more tuned in than any is the Phoenix Lakers
2: series. Let's start there. What are you thinking? Well, the one thing that cracks me up about all this is I'm trying to remember. Did I mention that me and my dad were? Yeah, I, remember, yes, I mentioned did. it. Yep. And he he would text me every time the Lakers would win, like, oh, Yo, did you see the win last night? Like, oh, I guess you were wrong. <laughs>
3: I haven't heard anything <laughs> from him in the last two last two games. I, I, now
2: that it's looking like the Lakers are about to get it. Uh, uh, eliminated. I got
1: to admit though, after you made that comment in their next game, it was uh, it was uh, Lakers coming back to win. So I was thinking along the same lines the th- of your dad at that time.
2: And the thing that cracks—I finally asked him about it today. I think it cracks me up. He's the first thing he says out of his mouth is, <laughs> "Oh, I didn't think Anthony Davis like I you, who could have predicted Anthony Davis would get hurt." And I said, "Well, we were just talking about the Chris Paul injury, and, and he was hurt." And I was saying how that you can't count it against me because he if he's not on the floor, then it's not the same team. Right. Uh, but here's the thing with the Lakers is they are in DEFCON five right now, and I know a lot of people are thinking like are saying that oh LeBron was coasting in Game six he, or Game five he knew they didn't have a chance this or that. I flat out, and this is, hurts me to say, I think LeBron is. This is the first time in my life I felt like I can visibly see he's not the player he once was. I mean, he had twenty four, seven, and five uh, in Game Five, but just he just doesn't look the same since he's come back from this injury. And he even said it himself: he's never going to be one hundred percent again. So you give him the short timetable, both him and Anthony Davis, the lack of time they played together, and. I mean, I'd say what I said, you know, almost two weeks ago. I think the Lakers are, are basically done, though.
1: Yeah, he can't carry a team on his back by himself to a title. That's not like sure. he used to. No, not like he used to.
3: Sounds like a lot of doubters. Sounds like you guys are doubting the the, the king. Yeah. So we're off we're off of LeBron. I don't know. I still think like if he if he's on the team, I'm not counting them out because it is the Suns. I'm not. I don't. Chris Paul, cool. He's good. I don't really trust him to really do anything. Devin Booker's playing really well. so. But, like, if LeBron is feeling good, the next game is going to be in L.A. If Anthony Davis can play, like, I'm not counting them out. But I, I don't disagree with anything you're, you're saying, Jared, because he looks gassed. Yeah, obviously he said, he, you know, that ankle injury is still kind of nagging. I mean, he, he's been in the playoffs basically every season of his career. So he's played a ton of games. He, I mean, at some point, father time is going to catch up, and he is going to slow down a little bit. But just, like, a few days ago or a few games ago, he was, like, throwing down ridiculous dunks off the backboard and hitting fall-away threes and hitting all these ridiculous shots. So, like, you know, yeah, maybe one game he was coasting a little bit and it started to look like his age was catching up. But it's still LeBron, and, and until they lose, I'm not going to count him out.
1: Yeah, and I, I will say this. The key is going to be AD. I mean, you know, he not only has a bad knee, but now he's got a bad groin, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's going to be tough.
2: Yeah. It's not looking good. They, this is the start of the playoffs. That's right. the thing that's crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, we're even it's talking the about round. whether they got – Yeah, it's the first round. They got a long ways to go. And the fact they're not healthy and the injuries keep piling up. The one player I will kind of single out, uh, Kyle Kuzma. I, I've never really understood the whole big deal about this guy. I don't know if it's because he, you know, is from Michigan and he wears, you know, these crazy outfits before the games, but. If he, like, goes to a team like the Sacramento Kings, do we ever even hear about this guy? I mean, he's on the Lakers, so he's in the, the limelight all the time. He plays with LeBron. Uh, if you remember when LeBron, uh, they were making the trade for Anthony Davis, LeBron, the one guy he wouldn't get rid of is Kuzma. I, I just don't – when is this guy going to finally, like, take the next step? I'm still waiting. We're all still waiting. If there ever was a time that he was going to do it, it would have been in Game 5, and it just – we got nothing from this guy.
3: Yeah, he's he's that classic guy that has, like – the one or two games where he scores 16, 18, or, you know, has, has a good game, then, like, disappears for, like, four games, and, yeah, you wonder what happened. I think it's it's been potential this whole time, and you are kind of waiting for him to, like, finally, like, take that next step. To me, like, when I watch him, it, it's like he's constantly, like, looking over his shoulder type of thing, like, almost like he wants for approval from LeBron. Like, if he turns the ball over, you can almost see, like, the confidence, a shot or something. He obviously, he's a good player, but I think he's he's at best, like a sixth or seventh man. Yeah, if he went to Sacramento, we'd probably never hear of him again. Mm-hmm. But he's a solid role player, and yeah, yeah he's from Michigan, so it's kind of
2: cool. A Flintstone. Yeah. One thing I will say that's kind of bothered me about the Lakers, and it, it was classic at the time, but now that you lose two back-to-back, now it kind of looks like you're an idiot. When they were basically just, like, clowning Jay Crowder, you know, the whole bench is reenacting LeBron as he's, like, backing him down and driving to the lane and dunking it, and they're loving it. Now that you know these guys that were doing these dances, Drummond are just like not playing well at all. It kind of just makes it lose a little bit of the luster, and and you never heard anything from Jay Crowder after it happened. He never said you know how they suck or anything like that. I, I you kind of in that sense have to be like I'm kind of glad the Lakers are losing, even though I love LeBron. He's my favorite player in the world. My it's, I'm loving that it's he's losing to my second favorite player ever, which <laughs> is Chris Paul. So yeah. I'm okay with it.
1: Now looking at the playoffs, you guys have seen lots of games. I've seen a fair share of myself for the NBA playoffs. What are we thinking? I know Brooklyn's playing real well in the East right now. They seem to be gelling in their big three. If Let's just assume the Lakers don't make it to the finals. They still could, but uh, who are we thinking we want to see in the finals, and who do we think is going to be there?
3: It's hard right now the way that, like you said, the Nets are playing to not think that they're going to just because of that that big three. At,
1: and they're playing at well. Harden
3: enough. Yeah, yeah, they're playing well together, and even though I've criticized Harden, he's obviously great, and so like You've got these three great players, but the Bucks are playing really well too, so I yep. think that's whoever wins that series between the Nets and the Bucks are probably gonna win the East. But like if the Lakers don't somehow end up beating the Suns and, and they're out, I think the West is like completely wide open, whether it's the Nuggets or the Suns or the Jazz or if the Trailblazers come back and beat the Nuggets, the West could be completely wide open. So that that could be pretty fun. Yeah. I don't really trust the Clippers in the West. I mean they no. Kawai's there, you know, Paul George, they have a ton of talent, but they just always seem to like come up short. I don't know, but maybe with the Lakers out, maybe that would be the Clippers' chance to make a run. So, so I'd like to answer your question. I think Nets if the if the Lakers are out, Nets and Bucks. That's what I want to see. I want to see that series.
2: That'd be a great series. Yeah, I don't know how you how how who is going to beat the Nets. They score 125 in four of their five games. Uh, listen to this one stat. This is just crazy. Game four, Kevin Durant, 42 points uh Kyrie 39 James Harden probably wasn't even really even trying to shoot 23 points <laughs> it's just crazy how are you gonna guard it's the best big three there's ever been I mean there's really no other way to argue it other than maybe you know the Miami Heat that's really the only other one you can even compare I don't know how else okay I'll throw out one more Chicago Bulls Rodman Pippen and Jordan I think it's those three are just head and shoulders above about any magic
1: other. worthy and Jabbar I mean, yeah, yeah, okay,
2: seriously. we can keep rolling. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll stand corrected. There are more <laughs> than just them. But, I mean, how, if they win this title and they just roll the way they're rolling right now, I mean, they definitely cement themselves up there uh, with those other guys. The one team I want to throw out there, just and they're even out of it, but I, I just got to ask, are you serious? Miami Heat. I mean, what in God's green earth? Not only did you make the whole like claim that the bubble was not real and you know invalidate the whole Lakers title by just getting swept and embarrassed by the Bucks, but a team that you hear so much about and it just cracks me up how, remember when James Harden was on the trading block mm-hmm. and Tyler, and they wouldn't give up Tyler hero and Duncan <laughs> Robinson. And that it's just, it made no sense from the start and Jimmy Butler. I love him. I love how he like, he's just so open about everything about himself. But I mean, you can't be this like big bad boy in the NBA and then get swept. Like it just, it doesn't work. So big. Yeah, it
3: seems like the heat, the heat were like the perfect, everything came together in the bubble they probably overachieved yeah. the bubble they they were playing really well obviously butler was playing great but you know they probably overachieved they just they were clicking at the right time and maybe even the short off season and they had some injuries butler was hurt Our hero got hurt a bunch and you know maybe it, it just kind of fell apart but it is kind of funny what you're saying they talk about that Miami culture and and how they you know they were even comparing themselves to like the 04 pistons and stuff and it's kind of funny
2: to see him get swept out of the first round. Yeah, yeah. Can I? I'll throw this on the table. Maybe the last thing we talk about in the basketball segment. Have you guys been like? What do we think of the whole the big new storyline that's been rolling around the last like week? The and the fans. Uh-huh. Uh, some of the examples. Good I mean, the the popcorn getting dumped on Russell Westbrook. The one fan that ran on the court got tackled by police. Uh, the other fan that spit on Trey Young, um, passed the plastic bottle through at Kyrie. I I I've gone like kind of back and forth on it. One. Clearly, these guys don't belong in an NBA arena, but it's almost like—I mean, this one kid, 21-year-old kid. I mean, anyone can make a dumb mistake. Like, I'm not trying to defend him because clearly he was a total idiot for doing what he did, and he should be banned for life from games. But it's like it just kind of, it doesn't crack me up. But it's like, what in what world are we in right now? It's ludicrous. He's getting charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon. I, like, I, I mean, have
1: no problem with that. I, I really don't because how are you going to stop it? It's, it's getting out of control. I mean. What makes fans think they can behave like that when they pay money to go watch a sporting event? No, yes.
2: I agree. And I will say like I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that cuz there change needs to happen. And I feel like you got to charge somebody with something like this to make it happen, to make it stop. And yeah. it, this kid was just the wrong like the wrong time to pull that move was all the lead up to Kyrie Irving, you know, going back to Boston and then all the lead up the week before of all these other fan incidents that he just just wasn't an idiot. I mean, yeah. what else can you say about that kid but Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's all these incidents of fans well, basically assaulting players and there's a bunch of videos too that you see of like huge fights breaking out in the stands between yeah between fans and it's all this stuff that it's like man it's it, like one do people not remember that like just a year ago we weren't even allowed to go to games and now we're allowed to go back to arenas and games and stuff and you're acting like this so it's kind of crazy to see and it's honestly I think it's just like a sense of entitlement like it's kind of crazy to think that fans think they can just throw stuff at players, spit on a player, or even, like, yell at them and do all this other stuff. Like, there's a reason that fan is short for fanatic, because, like, when you see the way that some fans act, it's like, I know we all get really fired up when we're watching sports and stuff, but, like, then when you see it on video and you, like, watch it back, kind of like, you guys look like idiots. Like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you even acting like that? Honestly, I think, like, not, like, trying to make it, like, a super serious thing. I think, like, social media is kind of kind of contributing it, contributing to it because people are getting, like, almost like they're, they're that sense of entitlement that I mentioned where they can just talk trash to people, put people down, say whatever they want, basically, on social media with basically no repercussions. And I think they kind of feel like that when they now are going to games. When you're on Twitter, you can, like, talk trash to Kevin Durant and – Basically, no one does anything to you, but now you go to a game, and if you want to chuck a water bottle at Kyrie Irving, what has stopped you before when you're doing all that stuff on social media? So I feel like there's maybe like a correlation there, but maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at it too deep. I don't no, know. I think I
1: think there's some something to that, Matt. And uh, let's face it, I think the number one culprit. Is booze, man. I mean, some people don't know how to handle their drinking, and they get wasted at these games. And that pure and simple, you don't think any of the you think any of these people were
2: stone sober? Dude, here's the thing that's crazy. I like to think I'm, like, a pretty big sports fan. Have you ever legitimately been, like – pissed at like a like, like I just don't understand the how like oh we, we lose the Brooklyn Nets we lost in the playoffs like I'm so mad I'm gonna whip a water bottle at this never game. like no. or uh, I've never really even like the trouble with the snap play like if I was at that game like I like w- am I really that upset about a, a football game that I'm gonna like try to injure somebody or say you know a racial slur or, or this or that like I have no problem with somebody saying like you suck to Kevin Durant like as he's walking into the arena. I think that's like it just kinda comes with it. Like if you're if you keep it strictly to their performance on the field, I have no problem with anything you say to a player at all. I don't think that's a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Well that what are they stick sticks and stones when break maybe may, may break my bones, but words will never hurt yeah. me. I mean that yeah. I mean there's a line there, you know, there's there's
2: like there, I, said, I mean as long as you're not, you know, saying using things racial that are, stuff yeah, or, or so, anything like, like any, that. like if you are one hundred percent just talking about their play on the court. Yeah like, That's fair game. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah.
3: I and mean, that, that is kind of, that, that's always been around. It's just, it's always the, the bad apples that make it worse for everyone else. The ones that are spitting on a player. I, it's just crazy to think that, that people think like they can treat people like that. Like I, we were talking about it when that happened to Trey Young, when that dude spit on him, all yeah. that work. And we were working on another game, but we were like, spitting on someone has to be, I mean, try and think of stuff. Spitting on someone might be the most disrespectful thing you could do to someone. Yeah. Push them you know, you trip someone, I don't know, or, you, you know, just thinking of other stuff you could do. You spit on someone, though. That is like, I mean, that those are fighting words. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like that. You don't spit on someone. Slap someone open-handed, you know, you're crossing a line there. But, like, so for someone to think, like, here's Trey Young standing in front of me. In the video, you can see him. He pulls his mask down and then spit. So, like, clearly, like, thinking about it and then does it. It's just, like, some people, man, it's like to think that they can, like, treat people like that.
1: It's absolutely crazy. right. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there. I did I did want to say, I I just thought of it, though. The one clever thing that I saw, I had a laugh, was did you guys see the clip where uh, Spike Lee was there on the sidelines and the uh, Hawk mascot <laughs> had classic. a box of tissues? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. That's yeah. classic. That was classic. I
3: think it was Matt. Well, Matt, wasn't that you that posted that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the one Ted saw, but, yeah, that yeah. was a game I was working on.
1: Oh, that was, that was absolutely Pretty classic. All right, fellas, we made it through another podcast. Some good stuff as always. Uh, all our golfing friends out there, use proper etiquette. All right? That's all <laughs> we got to say. Uh, follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Hankard Sportswear, Owasso Speedway, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z925 The Castle. Matt, hit them straight, hit them far. And uh, we want the full report for Jared Patel and Matt Burns. I'm Ted Patel, saying so long, everyone.
0: Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production, recorded at the WJSZ Mid Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family, and subscribe on Apple Podcast soundcloud or any of the other big podcast hosting sites comments and questions can be sent via social media at three Point pod or by email to three pointpod at gmail.com thanks for listening and until next time bye for now